Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the Foul Balls Podcast. I am Nick Colley and I'm joined by my co-host Rob. This will be an episode breaking down the English Premier League match week 9. Hey Rob, how's it going? How's your week? I'm doing pretty good. My week's not doing very well though, especially well, DFS-wise. It's been a real rough week. Everything since the Giants uh, wide receiver injuries, uh, everything's been downhill for injuries every week for me, so... We'll get back to it, though, this weekend with some English Premier League. Awesome. Looking forward to putting that bankroll in a better place heading into this, you know, this Sunday's NFL slate. Anyways, without further ado, let's break down this EPL Match Week 9 slate. We have a couple you know, interesting matchups. Of course, we have the Titans in a lopsided matchup, as it seems to be every week. Without, Anyways, we'll stick to our format that we did last weekend. We'll start with goalie first. And, Rob, let's hear your takes on goalies this weekend. Okay, starting with goalie, uh, we'll, we'll rock right at the top with uh, Ederson at a Man City. Uh, I think Man City are going to be able to control Burnley quite easily this game. Uh, Burnley at home has not been as good uh, at Burnley away, mind you, and uh, they are traveling to Man City here. Uh, so Burnley have been known to snag results at the last minute. Uh, I don't think they're going to get that opportunity for Man City because Man City is usually up by at least three goals uh, at the last minute. So uh, unless uh, Man City really falls to here. Either way, Ederson's a, a pretty solid cash choice, uh, and uh, I'll be rocking with him in cash quite a bit this week. Degay, obviously another excellent choice. Both these, uh, both Ederson and Degay this week uh, are looking at pretty relatively good uh, CS bonus chances. Uh, keeping that clean sheet. So I like either of them in cash. Uh, both the wins look pretty solid. I'm not a sold on Man United. Uh, I'll talk about them a little bit later when we get to Lukaku. But uh, is always a really good option because that's what uh, Man United look to do is keep that clean sheet every week. So Degay is always a great option for that. Uh, coming in at 5,400 on DraftKings, uh, I'm looking a lot this week at the final game of the day between Brom and Southampton and Frazier Forster's a little bit expensive for me, but the, the relative option here that he could come away with a 4-5 or five save game, a clean, seat, a clean sheet, and potentially a win, I like those options. Uh, I'll be looking at Forster quite a bit this week, even in some GPPs to be low end. I'm not Huge on Southampton, uh, but they are slowly coming back, making relevance, and I do like them at home this week. Uh, they have incredible defense. Next after that, uh, I would be looking at uh, Fabanski with uh, Swansea. Swansea at home are very defensively capable. Uh, they have uh, been known to struggle putting the balls in the net. Uh, that seems to be changing, but Fabanski is someone I'll be looking this week for another uh, high-level CS bonus. If he manages to keep a clean sheet, uh, he'll be looking at uh, four or five saves, much like Forrester. But I like his ceiling a little bit more for Verbanski. And at 4700 in DraftKings, that's a price I'm pretty comfortable with. Conversely to that, Smeichel I'm not comfortable with in the slightest. Swansea will be lucky to get five shots on net, uh, let alone give uh, Smeichel five saves. So if he does happen to concede, he's completely ruined. And there's no real ceiling or floor there for a 4800 salary in DraftKings. I think I'll just pass on him for the weekend. Uh, Stick to the Swansea side of that game. Uh, coming in following him, I will be looking at, uh, a, thankfully, finally, Crystal Palace, Julian Speroni. Uh, 
Wayne Hennessy is not a very good keeper, and every time he's in the net, I have no interest relying on him. But he is a questionable for the next match, so I will be looking at Speroni if he happens to start. Uh, Speroni is a much better keeper, and uh, gives Crystal Palace an actual chance to win on the road here uh, at Newcastle, who should still uh, provide lots of shots on net. Uh, Newcastle like to shoot, uh, so it uh, wouldn't surprise me if Speroni comes away with a, a fair amount of uh, action this week. Awesome. Oh, following oh. him, sorry. I just got a couple more here, sorry. That's all uh, Alex Palmer with uh, West Brom. Touching on that last game again, I really like Alex Palmer to uh, do something at 4,000 on DraftKings. And my value keeper of the week is actually going to be Jonas Lothi uh, with Huddersfield. Um, at 3,800, again, I'll touch on Man United a little bit later. I feel pretty confident on Man United not scoring more than two goals against Huddersfield. So, I'll look to Losi to uh, be a really good value option this week. Interesting. You just you know you just about took every keeper out of my my mouth. Um, I'm a fan of Fabianski and Hennessy. I believe I saw some news that Hennessy you know suffered an undisclosed injury over the national break. Didn't play against Chelsea and um, yeah. Seem to be over. I'm sure he's a good guy. I'm sure Wayne Hennessy's a good guy, but as, as far as DFS purposes, good that he got hurt. I'm really looking forward to Crystal Palace going, getting back to back wins here this week. That's something uh, I'm definitely targeting. Yeah, I agree. When we get to forwards, there's obviously I think we both like a, you know, a similar forward on Crystal Palace that made his debut last weekend. Anyways, that covers the goalies. We're gonna move into defenders. Um, Rob, what defenders are you targeting? What are your favorite ones? So Cedric Suarez is absolutely my number one defensive play this week from Southampton. Uh, I don't think Braum is, is amazing. Uh, they're capable. They'll fight. But they usually put up a much better fight at home than they do away. And uh, I'll be looking for Cedric Suarez this week to provide somewhere between five to eight crosses, a clean sheet, um, probably make a couple interceptions uh, because Brom do like to play a very direct style. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if he uh, just picks off a couple balls and uh, really pads those stats. I'm not sure who Man United plan on starting at wingbacks. Uh, they rotate that fairly heavily. Uh, what I'm going to assume that's uh, going to be Valencia and Ashley Young. Uh, Ashley Young makes an incredible cash play this week at 4,900. Uh, he will be handling a lot of the set pieces that uh, Daily Blind handles. So look for that uh, huge discount uh, on Ashley Young uh, at over $1,000 in DraftKings in comparison to Daily Blind. And Ashley Young, uh, comparably, is more of a winger, uh, and Daily Blind is more of a center midfielder. So if you're really looking to uh, include some sort of edge there, Ashley Young's made to run up and down the wing and make crosses. Uh, so I'm really looking forward uh, to rostering Ashley Young as much this weekend. Kyle Walker's another guy I'm going to be looking at a lot. I'm not really looking to pay down too much this week at wing back, uh, or defender, I guess I should say, which equates to using the wing back. Kyle Walker is a guy, uh, 5,400 is a little bit expensive drag things. But when the CS bonus is an opportunity here, you can kind of rely on that ceiling to pad the uh, value on the salary. I don't expect Kyle Walker to pull on the performance like Kimmich on uh, Byron and uh, score something like 25 fantasy points, uh, which is ideally what you're looking for from that price range in GPP. But I don't think this is going to 
be a week where a lot of the lower end wing uh, or the lower end defenders actually pay off. So going high end here this week is something that I'm going to be looking to do. Uh, Charlie Daniels is a cash play if uh, you're looking to. Uh, Bertrand is someone that you could play in GPPs. He's just too expensive for me, so I'm going to be fading him for Suarez, who I know is going to put in all those crosses. Fabian Delph, uh, Man City, is another option here in GPPs. A lot of people may look to him in cash, but I just don't find he has enough cross floor to provide any kind of real points, even though he has a CS bonus. That's why I'll be looking for him in GPP this week. Uh, with the CS bonus, oh, I shouldn't say guaranteed, that cost me last week with Chelsea, nearly guaranteed against Burnley, who aren't really a, a scoring team. Uh, that CS bonus could really uh, pad nicely with an assist or uh, even a goal uh, this week in GPP. So that's what I'll be looking for there. Uh, other than that, there isn't too much outside of the uh, Brom wingbacks that I really like. Uh, Narm and uh, Kieran Gibbs. Kieran Gibbs is uh, going to be one of my top cash plays this week. He's averaging around five crosses a game uh, against some really good competition. Uh, Southampton's a team that likes to defend, but they're not a they're they're a prevent team. They're not a team that's going to stop you. They're they're a team that's going to wait for you to make the mistake. So they'll they'll be allowing a lot of crosses this game. And I really like Karen Gibbs at uh, 3,900 for someone to provide some salary relief that I know is still going to have some floor. And Southampton aren't really a goal scoring team, uh, so. Uh, I can you can kind of sit on a CS bonus there as uh, something to uh, kind of pad your uh, your floor from cash. Uh, he isn't really a, a GPP play because I don't see Brom uh, keeping the CS bonus compared to Southampton, where I see them keeping the CS bonus. The last one I would mention is uh, Chris Lowe on Huddersfield. Uh, if you're looking to play uh, Jonas Lossi in uh, some GPPs, which also isn't a bad idea this week. Uh, he's uh, so, uh, Chris Lowe is someone that you're pro it probably isn't pronounced Lowe I'm just saying that because that's how it looks he takes the penalty shots for Huddersfield and I've been waiting all season for Huddersfield to actually get a penalty shot for this to pay off at 3800 uh, one simple penalty shot could really make all the difference here uh, in you uh, taking out uh, some serious GPPs uh, whenever you uh, have low C that finishes around uh, a six to eight fantasy points. So uh, that's really my uh, defensive uh, take this week. There isn't really much whenever you get really down low. Uh, that's why I'm looking to pay up this week. And uh, I'll, I'll be looking at someone like uh, Karen Gibbs as the salary relief. Uh, yep. You touched on it all just again. I basically am on just about everyone you said. Kieran Gibbs is definitely a guy I've been having my eye on all week. He's very cheap, and, you know, he's thrown in four more crosses in his last three games. Comes in with another very favorable matchup. Cedric Suarez is another guy I really like, too. He, you know, he comes in every week with a high price tag, but, you know, it's usually for a good reason. I believe West Brom has been giving up the most crosses, you know, this this season, and yeah, you know, either Bertrand or Suarez are definitely worth it. Charlie Daniels is another guy that's, you know, accumulated at least 10 fantasy points in three consecutive matches before going into Wembley against Tottenham, and it's pretty obvious why, you know, a defender may not be able to rack up the points they usually can in Tottenham or against Tottenham at home at Wembley, but other than that, just about touched on everything, high, low, middle. So let's take it to midfield where things get a little interesting because we have the, you know, Titans, Manchester City at home and another completely lopsided matchup against Burnley. 
And as we know, Man City is playing a ton of games this year between all the Cups and the Euro European Champions League. They had a Champions League game midweek against Napoli in which they won 2-1. It'll be interesting how Pep, you know, shapes up his lineup this week as this game is clearly not as important because of, you know, the lack of talent against that their opponent has. So he could, you know, shape he could switch up his lineup a little bit inserting Bernardo Silva a guy who they acquired this offseason, but they didn't really, they haven't really started him yet and let him get into his groove. But yeah, Man City is basically the easy targets in the midfield. And outside of that, I'll let you take it away, Rob. What are your thoughts on Man City and where does it go from there? So I'll, I'll touch more on Man City in the fours if that's okay. Um, I, I have a little bit of a theory with the, the Man City forwards. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is the best player. Maybe in the world right now. I'll even throw that out there. Uh, I think he's outperforming Ronaldo and Messi. Uh, if you watch the games, he's he's pretty pretty special right now. So I have no problem rostering Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, considering DraftKings marks him as a forward, he, he isn't. He's a true midfielder on this team. Uh, I'm sure he could play forward if he wanted to. But uh, Kevin De Bruyne is someone that you should be just, just locking in instantly across the board. Um, as of this morning, Stoke announced that Shakiri's probably not going to be playing this week, which I have to admit is basically taking my heart, ripping it out of the chest, and just stomping on it on the floor. Shakiri's was my big play this week. I was rostering him at nearly 100%. Uh, I, against Bournemouth, he was in like the biggest smash spot of the season with all of his set pieces and his speed. Uh, it, it's really tough. Uh, to see him not be, being uh, a possibility this week. But moving on from that, um, I don't really like McFerrin this week at, uh, at 8,500. I think the, uh, the Man City options of just rolling with Sterling or Sané for a few hundred more is way, way better uh, in terms of ceiling, and especially GPP and even cash. Uh, I like them to actually provide uh, a lot more action than Man United will this week. David Silva, someone I'm going to look at for cash. Uh, <coughs> Man City historically rests after the uh, the midweek Champions League games, so this may be the week finally David Silva comes off at halftime and Kevin De Bruyne handles all the set pieces and sees the score of 35 plus. Uh, so be wary of that, but uh, David Silva is someone I would think about in cash. Uh, Antti Martial is going to be my top midfield play this week without Shakiri. He was up there anyways as my number two, but he's definitely someone I'm going to be rostering quite freely this week. He should see a full complement of minutes with Marcus Rashford coming off hurt against uh, their uh, Champions League match this week. So uh, I'll be looking for him to uh, have an excellent outing this week. Uh, Matt Ritchie someone that I think is just too expensive. Uh, he has excellent production. He's going. I think DraftKings is still relying on Crystal Palace being Crystal Palace and not being some new reborn squad that they are. So uh, I think DraftKings priced Matt Ritchie a little bit high, expecting Crystal Palace to be garbage. And I'm not really comfortable looking to play Ritchie at 8,100. <clears throat> Excuse me, but with Shakiri out, Richie's probably going to find himself into some of my cash plays now, uh, just because uh, Shakiri held such a huge role there. 
I'm not touching Mares. I still don't uh, know what his deal is yet. If he wants to roll off a couple of games here back-to-back with eight-plus crosses, that's fine with me, and I'll start considering him. But until then, I think uh, last week was just a, a blowout a game that he found himself in a really good spot. Uh, Deucent Tatic's definitely going to find a, a lot of my cash plays this week. Against Braum, he should find lots of set-piece opportunities. And at 7,100, that's a massive discount when you consider most weeks he should be coming around the Matt Ritchie, Martel, uh, 8,100 range. So that's a big discount. I'll be looking to, to latch on to uh, Tadic in many places. Going to uh, avoid uh, Bournemouth this week and Stanislas. Uh, Aaron, Aaron uh, Moy is <clears throat> priced a little bit more reasonably, but he's uh, he's finding a more regression, negative regression to his uh, DFS stats. Uh, so I'm not looking to touch to him uh, unless uh, Huddersfield have a more promising opposition game coming up here. Uh, Juan Mata, uh, someone I'm not going to be looking at, Man United. Uh, Chupo Moting, especially with uh, Shakiri out now, uh, is someone I may have to consider a little bit more. I already had him on my short list uh, for forwards as a true forward, but uh, see what happens now with no Shakiri. Uh, Robbie Brady, someone that should probably still make your cash. Same with Townsend, despite uh, their... Uh, opposition and uh, Townsend's recently biased. Both of them have great floors. Uh, Nathan Redmond, someone, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm looking here at this week to to really make some noise. Uh, I think Brom uh, will be sitting back a lot. Redmond should have the chance to pump in another five crosses and probably pop off on another assist here and have a really good week. Albright, you can use in cash. Uh, Tom Carroll, someone I'm definitely going to be using in a lot of my cash. Same with Brunt, right below him in DraftKings at the 54, 5300. I actually really like this range uh, for cash this week. Uh, Tom Carroll handles all the set pieces for Swansea. He should see a lot of opportunities for crosses. And uh, Chris Brunt takes a lot of the set pieces in corners for Brom. And uh, I think they uh, should find uh, four or five opportunities for Brunt to pop in some really good crosses. I do if uh, on uh, Stoke is someone with uh, no Shakir you're going to have to consider now. Um, other than that, uh, the, my last, uh, I guess you could say my value play this week at midfield is going to be John Joe Shelby for uh, Newcastle. He's uh, slowly starting to come back to form here, and you can tell by uh, his cross count and the, his amount of shots, he has an excellent floor, and the moment that he actually does hit off here, he's uh, he's going to be a fantastic play uh, at uh, only 4,500 in DraftKings. So I'll be looking uh, to use uh, Shelby as some uh, cash relief here this week as much as I can. Uh, the one uh, one or two more, sorry. Uh, Harry Arter, uh, Van Lepara, and Scott Arfield all sit in a really interesting range there around the 37-38. Especially Van Para should uh, see 90 minutes. And I like that as a GPP play. And Harry Arter uh, will be handling a lot of uh, a lot more set pieces with Ryan Frazier most likely not to play. Interesting. I like it all. Uh, yeah, you covered on a lot of people there hopefully you know the users can make take some notes and really make, you know listen to what you had to say but one guy you forgot to touch on or maybe not forgot maybe you're just not high on him is Johan Kabai he's at 4100 in the midfield for Crystal Palace uh, I believe he you know is their main primary set piece taker and at 4100 in this extremely you know favorable matchup I think he you know he offers a ton of upside with maybe an assist 
to Wilfried Zaha. Wilfried Zaha is another guy with uh, midfield and forward eligibility that I really like. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I do like that 5K range that you were speaking of with Redmond, Carroll, Kabai's in there. You know, that's that's probably where I'll be hanging out outside of the the Man U's. I mean, the Man City guys. One quick thing, Kabai. He he takes the uh, penalty shots for Crystal Palace. I'm not sure if he takes the set of the corners or the free kicks. He may, uh, but uh, uh, I know for sure he takes the penalty shots, and that's why I was kicking myself was. I was thinking, how would Crystal Palace eventually score their first goal? And it was going to be from a set piece, and obviously a penalty shot. And uh, so, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I thought that's how uh, he scored. Goodbye, scored last week. Uh, but uh, I may be wrong in that. But yeah, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, that's the middies. Let's move to forwards. Forwards, you know, the same story with Man City. It's fairly obvious. A lot of the guys have, you know, midfield forward eligibility, so you can, depending on how you make your lineups, you can pivot pivot them. Kun Aguero is supposed to be back. He's healthy for Pep to play. Apparently, Pep says he's going to start him, but, you know, you never know with Pep. Who knows what Pep's going to do. He could start Jesus. He could start Aguero. He could start both of them. He could start none of them. We just don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see. Those are two of the obvious top plays. You have Lukaku right there underneath him, right around them. He's another guy that's very goal-dependent that I have no interest in paying 11 k for, especially on the road. And then outside of that, you know, you got guys like Jamie Vardy. Vardy is actually a very intriguing GPP play to me. He should see abundance of shots. They just sacked their old uh, coach. I believe his name was Craig Shakespeare. And usually whenever a team, you know, fires a manager, they... They play with some, you know, uh, it's like a, someone ignited a fire underneath them. So I look for, you know, Leicester to be really firing and play really motivated football, looking to take like a ton of shots. Jamie Vardy has the highest anytime goal scoring odds of, a not, of any non Manchester player on the slate. So there is a situation where he could definitely find the back of the net. And then if you go below that, I know you're touching on Stoke without Shakiri and all that. Hesse is the guy that I'm targeting, the guy that I think is going to value the most. He's at 5,600 on DraftKings. He took the corners uh, in week one, I believe, when Shakiri was not on the field. I don't know if that's going to stay. I don't know who's going to take the corners, but I think Hesse's a good candidate. And he's by far the most dynamic and you know complete, well-rounded forward that they have. Um, outside of that, I don't really have much to touch on. Those are the guys I'll basically be targeting. How about you? What forwards do you like, Rob? Okay, so first let's talk about Man City here and how we have to approach them. Aguero probably isn't going to come off the field if he does start. Uh, I know he was hurt, but uh, the chances are Jesus is going to be subbed off. Uh, Sterling and Sané have more chance being subbed off. David Silva has more chance being subbed off. All these people will be... I'm not sure if you... uh, I I watched the Man City uh, Champions League game uh, over the midweek, and Kevin De Bruyne could barely walk at the end of 90 minutes. So he's someone else that uh, very simply needs a rest and could very easily come up. I don't see Aguero coming up. So he's the one person out of Man City that I'm looking to roster. I don't think a lot of people are going to be paying up for his salary either this week in DraftKings. Uh, so a lot of people will look at and say, oh, geez, that really knocks out my chance of being able to play uh, uh, two Man City forwards, which isn't really the case. Um, I like stacking Aguero-Sterling, uh, Aguero-Sane, 
Uh, Sterling Sané is one of my absolute favorite forward stacks this week. I think that stack's going to be really unique because th- at this point, that's what you really have to try and do is just try and find a game theory way to approach this where you can have a stack that nobody else has uh, because targeting one is just throwing a dart with the blindfold on. You may as well try and have a unique stack here that will uh, set you apart and give you an edge in comparison to the field. And that's why I really like Aguero because I don't think a lot of people will be looking to stack Aguero with another Man City forward. Uh, they'll be looking for Kevin De Bruyne Sterling together or uh, Kevin De Bruyne Sané. So in GPPs, I'm going to be rolling with a lot of Aguero this week and hopefully he sees 90 minutes. Lukaku is someone that I'm fine with in cash. Uh, the fact is that uh, <laughs> their, their lovely manager, Jose Mourinho, has uh, absolutely no interest whatsoever in running up the score. Uh, for DFS purposes, this is a disaster for us uh, because what that means is there's absolutely no ceiling to be found for Man United anymore. They're completely comfortable winning a game one nothing. And while that may be fine in cash where you can get your one goal and walk away with Lukaku at 15 to 17 fantasy points, that's not going to win you a GPP when you're paying 11000 for that, especially when <clears throat> Aguero can go out there and uh, get uh, two or three goals completely unowned, uh, where I just don't see Man United scoring three goals anymore unless they kind of fall onto it, like it just sort of happens for them. Huddersfield aren't amazing. But at home, I don't see them just rolling over and letting Man United walk on them. Burnley very easily could roll over here and uh, let Man City walk all over them because Man City have that ceiling. They have that capability to score five goals a game and the desire to do so. Man United has the skill. They just don't have the desire to do so. Uh, I Don't get me wrong. I think Lukaku would love to go out there and score a hat-trick every game. But as a team, they're not looking to do that. So Man United are someone that I'm going to have to fade attacking-wise in GPPs for the time being, especially with Rashford Kurt. I still like Mark Thal, obviously. But uh, that's just as a game theory, ownership, uh, pivot kind of play. It's not because I think Marshall is going to go out and get a hat-trick this week. I agree. Going off of the, sorry, sorry, going off the, the Man, Manchester United, Man Cities, uh, I, I also really like Jamie Vardy a lot this week. I think his price is 6900 way too depressed uh, comparing to uh, how uh, Leicester have just been not very good lately. And... Uh, I think Variety is someone who is going to see lots of opportunities and have lots of opportunities by taking penalty shots and the like, uh, being the only uh, true forward. So he, he's their end point. So if Lesher are going to do anything, it's going to come through Jamie Variety and not through Mares. Uh The problem with those two is they negatively correlate, uh, kind of like we were talking about in basketball uh, last night on the Slack. Uh, the... Uh, Vardy and Maraz don't combine for goals. They do one or the other. Uh, so uh, I don't really look to stack them at all. Uh, and so Vardy is a very appealing pay. Um, Abraham is probably my favorite forward play of the week. Uh, he's been fire at home lately. His last uh, four of his last six uh, home games, he's got goals. He's got uh, three ho- three goals in his last two home games. Uh, he he's someone that uh, I think you can really rely on uh, this week as a really good GPP play at uh, 6,500 in DraftKings to sneak in a goal. He got two goals last week, so he's he's showing he has the ceiling uh, to actually go out there and win you a GPP. And I'm I'm still not sold on Lester at the back. 
they may uh, have a new manager which will ignite their attack. It's not going to reinvigorate their defense to somehow just start playing like a good defense. It, it's not going to happen. So uh, Leicester could very easily rely on Swansea being bad goal scorers, but I think Abraham, uh, at 90 minutes, mind you, with Boney out, uh, is someone I'm going to be relying on. Zaha's the best play this week on DraftKings, bar none, easily. 6,300, you've got to be kidding me, DraftKings. Come on, that isn't even a challenge for us. Just close <laughs> your eyes and click Zaha every single time he pops up. It does not matter. See, if he scores 15 points at 6,300, you're laughing. And that's so easy for Zaha on just on gameplay alone. Newcastle are not very good. They're okay at home, but they're not good enough to stop Zaha from doing whatever he wants this week. This guy was a monster last week. He was a monster last season. I think he's just the greatest DFS player, and I'm so excited to have him back in the, as an option now. Um, so I'm looking to play as much Zaha as I possibly can this week. Uh, Jordan Ayew is a guy I'm going to be stacking a lot with Abraham. Um, they play together as the only two strikers on the Swansea team that are healthy right now. So they're not coming off the field. They're both going to uh, have uh, excellent games against Leicester, uh, who haven't really shown to be able to deal with a seven defensive core like Swansea. Swansea switched their formation around to play with four defenders, three defensive midfielders, one attacking midfielder, and uh, two forwards. Uh, so what that means is those three defensive midfielders sit in front of the defensive core and uh, just protect the center backs from any long balls. So what's going to happen here is that uh, if Leicester are going to find any success, it's uh, it's going to be through Jamie Vardy getting these weird breakaway one-two touch goals kind of thing because uh, they uh, Swansea fog everything up pretty well. Uh, getting into the super low range, uh, if you want to be fancy this week in GPPs, Chris Wood is someone you probably should take a look at. Uh, at 4,900 against Man City at home, who let Stoke score twice last week. Uh, I, I am having trouble ignoring Chris Wood as a GPP play this week if you're not looking to roster any Man City in your card, which is probably a pretty big mistake anyways. But uh, even then, if you want to be wild and free, put Chris Wood in your card and uh, see how that goes. Chadley's another guy I'm interested in against uh, Southampton. He is the he's a Belgian international and he had an excellent World Cup qualifier break. Uh, I think he's someone that's in super form right now and at 4900, that's someone that I'm pretty comfortable uh, taking uh, as a punt play who takes the penalty shots for West Brom. Uh, so that's someone that I, uh, I'm not too uh, concerned about if you want to GPP it. Other than that, there really isn't too much really for me up front. Uh, the Stoke situation is really interesting. Uh, I talk about this every week in my article for anyone who hasn't read it. Peter Crouch has scored on every shot he has taken over the past six months. So that's just something to consider with Shakiri out. If Peter Crouch happens to start up front here... Every shot he has taken, doesn't even matter if it's at the net, every shot he has taken for the past six months has gone in the net. So that's someone I'll be looking to take a shot on here uh, because who doesn't like making money from uh, Peter Crouch? He's, he's a legend. He's an English legend. So I have uh, no problem uh, looking at him. He, <clears throat> excuse me. It turns out uh, he, he's hurt too. So never mind. Forget Peter Crouch. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> this 
we they're in serious trouble there. Uh, that, that's just upgrades uh, Choco Moting to uh, uh, almost must play with Zaha this week at 6,200. Uh, Bournemouth aren't good enough at the back to stop Stoke from scoring, uh, let alone anyone from scoring. Uh, so Stoke are still going to produce here. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to put uh, some pretty serious research in here to find who's going to take the set pieces now instead of Shakir. You're right about Jesse. Um, He's an excellent little forward, too. I really like his skill set. He's quick. He's fast. Yeah, I like um, Jesse a lot. Yeah, it looks like uh, he will be taking the corners. Um, interesting. Um, something I'm going to look at here. I'm just reviewing my notes a little bit. Joe Allen, who is the Stoke center midfielder, looks like he's hurting. And uh, what about to play. What about Charlie Adam? That's where I'm getting. That's exactly where I'm getting with this. If Joe Allen doesn't play, Charlie Adams going to play. And there's no question who comes on top of the list then for Stoke for set pieces. Charlie Adams will not let anyone else touch the ball uh, on Stoke if he's playing for set pieces. So if he happens to start, I expect Joe Allen to play. But in the miracle situation that Charlie Adams somehow finds himself in the starting 11, don't even worry about he's only going to play 60 minutes to a half. At 3,100 on DraftKings, you only need him to take five set pieces, and one of those five set pieces is going to result in a scoring chance, and all five of them will probably go down as crosses, and he'll make value. So this is just something to consider going in. Stoke uh, are going to be uh, an interesting team. Now, one thing we didn't touch on at all is the weather. Uh, they're currently dealing with Hurricane Ophelia in England right now, and they're having another storm come, which is basically a hurricane, but it hasn't officially been named, and they're calling it uh, Storm Brian. Uh, so you can check that out. Brian and Ophelia are going to cause some havoc this week. And essentially what this means is anything on the western half of England, such as the Stoke-Bournemouth game, the Man City-Burnley game, you're going to really have to pay attention here to coming up to kickoff because this could very easily get cancelled. Uh, Swansea's in that boat also. So you really have to pay attention, uh, make sure these games don't get called off at the last minute, and especially the Man City. If this game gets cancelled and you manage to pivot off, there's going to be so much dead money this week that basically you're just going to cash in everything because everyone's going to be on Man City that didn't get a chance to change. And that's literally, when you think about the Man City ownership every week, if they're at 40% owned, 20% of it is sharp plays, and the other 20% is just fans being fans. So if you can get that 20% ownership on a game that's suspended, you're literally just looking at pure cash and everything that you do if you're sharp enough to be able to pivot off of it. So watch out for this. Uh, I don't know what the English uh, Premier League uh, standard is for it, but I do know if DraftKings has just one game canceled, they're just gonna that game's gonna just cost you. It's gonna be dead money. So if there's one or two games called off here and everything else is going, be careful about this, folks. Make sure to watch out for that because uh, we don't want we don't want to see you guys here uh, being caught with some dead money uh, with Man City and that game being canceled. You heard it here first. There's a lot of storms and a lot of weather and a lot of interesting situations to monitor heading into this week. Um, everyone, you know, do your due diligence when you wake up tomorrow morning. Uh, there will be information out there for you know the sharps and you know the public. You just have to find it. And you know, there's a couple situations worth monitoring, whether it's the weather, whether it's you know Stokes set pieces, Stokes lineup. But as you know, lineups get 
you know, let out about an hour before lock, and then, you know, let the mayhem ensue. So that'll about do it for this edition of EPL Match Week 9 podcast foul balls, and we will see you next weekend. Good luck, everyone, and hope everything goes well. Let's just hope. Man City plays or Man City doesn't play. It would be, you know, it would be kind of wise to create a couple lineups without Man City if you're in some large GPPs. But that'll about do it. Have a good weekend, everyone. Goodbye. Have fun, everyone.